Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. Father God, it's not about us. Father God, we have all been crucified in Christ. It's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. So on the day, you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in this place. And I thank you that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it on today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you would, open your Bibles or your iPad or your iPhone or your Android or whatever you have today that you can go into the Word of God. One thing I can say about a Bible, it will not go out. If the internet go out or whatever go down, you can always pick up this Bible. So always keep your Bible close. You cannot depend on electronics, I'm telling you, because sometimes you can leave it at home. Proverbs 22, verse 6 again. Let's go back there. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto you on today because it is God speaking because it is his word. And we want to honor his word while his word is spoken. The word of God reads, I'm reading out the New King James Version. Train up. A child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let me say it again. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You may be seated. I want to talk about, again, learned behavior. And we want to go a little bit further dealing with learned behavior. I believe all of us in this room have some learned behavior. It is behavior that we have been taught. No matter um, how saved, sanctified, spirit-filled you are, you can still have some learned behavior. And sometimes we do not recognize that learned behavior because it becomes so much a part of us, we think it's right. But the more you spend time with God, the more you spend time in his word, the more you spend time with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit began to reveal unto you, began to make known to you that this behavior that you're having is not right. We can become so familiar with things we think is right. But thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the ones that he sent to us to teach us in the way that we should go. Because some of us have been taught letter and not spirit. I'm going to say it again. Some of us have been taught letter and not spirit. The letter kills, but the spirit will give you life. Some of us have been taught the traditions of men. And the Bible says traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. So we want to stay in alignment with what the word of God has to say unto us. The only way you can stay in alignment 
First of all is spending time with God, getting to know God for yourself, because when you get to know him, you're going to get to know his word. He is not going to teach you outside of the word of God because he is the word. Amen. So we see here um, last week I was talking about how we can be conditioned. Conditioned means the process of training or accustoming a person or an animal to behave in a certain way or to accept certain circumstances. This is how we can condition people. And the enemy want to condition us his way of being and his way of doing. And if you spend more time with the enemy, with Beelzebub, than you spend with God, you are being conditioned like him. Some of us say, I beg you pardon, I'm saved. The enemy is a trickster. He is a deceiver. He will take the word of God and twist it and have you thinking you're living righteously, but you're not. This is what he did in the Garden of Eden. He came in and he deceived Eve. Adam was not deceived, but Eve was deceived. So he deceived Eve, telling her that it was okay for her to eat from the tree after God said, do not. Eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from that tree, you will die, meaning you will die spiritually, not physically. By Eve focusing on him, by Satan said, have God really said. This is why I said he's a trickster. He can use the scripture and try to make you feel like it's God, but it's not God. It is Satan. This is why you have to be so in tune with the spirit of the living God. That you know the difference because we have tricksters behind the pulpit. And some people are following tricksters. They're following their way of being, their way of doing. Because it sounds right, but I'm here to tell you it ain't right. And the only way you're going to know the difference is you make a true connection with God and with his word. So your spiritual antennas will be up no matter where you are. You can say, no, that's not God. And I'm not receiving that. Because if you receive that, you're going to become connected. Conditioned by that, then you're going to take what you conditioned by, you're going to bring it in your homes, you're going to bring it everywhere you go, and you're going to have people messed up just like you. And that's truth. So we have to be so careful just because somebody speak the word don't mean they're about the word. I'm going to say it again. Just because somebody speak the word don't mean they're about the word. We have a lot of schemers out here. We have a lot of pastors. We have a lot of false prophets. We have a lot of false teachers that are telling people things and they're reading from the word, but they're living opposite to what the word is telling them to do. You got to be careful. It's a beware in the atmosphere. You better beware of your surroundings. You better beware of who you attaching yourself to. You better beware of just going into places because they got a nice big building or because they're doing this or because they're doing that. You better beware because if you're not in the word for yourself, you accept anything or anybody outside of truth. So tell your neighbor, say, you better beware. So we see that in Proverbs 22, 6, it say, train up. That means when you train up, that means you dedicating your child in the way you will have them to go. Now, if you're going the wrong way, that's how you're dedicating your child. You're teaching your child wrong things in life. Actually, it starts in the womb. Immediately when a child is conceived in the womb, that's when things are taught to that child. How do I know? Because when I was pregnant with my children, whatever I was around, they were around. 
whatever I said or my husband said, they could hear what we were saying. So they could come out already and know how to work a cell phone, know how to watch television. Why? Because if you stay up all night watching crazy mess, your child is up with you watching it. That baby is moving all over the place. Because when you holler at these scary moves, that baby in your womb is hollering just like you. So we introduce our children in the womb what we're going through. If you're going through rejection when you were pregnant, your child is going through rejection. If you're going through fear, the child is going through fear. Whatever you were going through when you were pregnant, that child is already being affected by it. And you can tell it when they're born, when they come out, the traits that they will have. Because when I was carrying my children by watching stuff I should not watch, there was a spirit of fear on my children. They come out that way. And I had to retrain them. I had to let them know what I went through and let them know what the word of God has to say. Because the way you bring your child up is the way they're going to go. But if we bring them up the right way and tell them what's right, they're going to live that way. Now, they may go the opposite way, but they're going to come back to it because this is the way they were trained. We cannot blame it on society. Yes, they have parts of that social media, but they're in your house. They're your children. You got to teach them what's right. So when they go into the schools or they go amongst a crowd of people, they know what's right. They can say, no, that's not what I do. No, I can't react to that. That's not how I'm taught. So this is what we supposed to do as parents. You do not let the world raise your children. You do not party all night and send your children to any and everybody's house and expect them to grow up and know better. Yes, they know right for wrong, but they need some guidance. They need to know, no, don't you do that no more. Why, mama, can I do this? Not because I said so, but let me tell you why you can't do this. This don't come into alignment with the way God would have for you to be. Now, once you tell them, they're accountable. When they get to the age of accountability, they're accountable for their own actions. It's not on you no more. But I'm here to tell you, little one-year-olds know what they're doing. Come on, it's different from when we was growing up. One-year-olds, they know when they're cussing you out. They know these things. They come out doing twerking and doing all kinds. They look at you one time twerking and they got it down pat and can twerk better than, than the mama. Come on, this is truth. You looking at society today, and I'm telling y'all, it was worse than it was when I was growing up. And I know some older people that's older than me is saying it's worse than that when I was growing up. It was bad back then. But now it has gotten worse. So we want to make sure that we train up our children in the way they should go. It takes me back to Samuel. And first Samuel, um, the first chapter, y'all remember Hannah. Hannah wanted to have children. And the other wife, Panana, I believe that was her name, she was coming in on her and she was making her feel some kind of way because she could not have children. But it did not stop Hannah from going up to worship. It did not stop Hannah from seeking the Lord. Don't let someone or something stop you from worshiping God. And I believe that's how society is today. Based on what we go through, we shut God off. God should be the last one we shut off. So she kept going to worship. She, you know, kept trusting and believing God. And her husband, he was getting upset with her. He said, am I not better than 10 sons? 
because he knew that her heart was on having a child. So one day when she went up to worship and she poured out her heart and Eli, he could only see the movement of her lips. He heard no um, words come out of her mouth, but she was speaking from her heart and he thought that she was drunk. But at the end of the day, after she began to pray, Eli spoke to her and let her know that she would have that child. By Hannah knowing I'm going to have a child, at that point she began to dedicate that child unto the Lord. She began to say, Lord, I'm going to give this child to you. I'm going to train this child up in the way this child should go. And this child will not turn aside, will not depart from you. So what she did, she gave the child to Eli the priest. And she wanted him to be raised in the priesthood. So he stayed with Eli, and Eli was teaching him the right way. But the problem was Eli's house wasn't in order. And even Samuel saw Eli's house was not in order, but Eli was still teaching Samuel the way he should go. How is that? How can our house not be in order, but we still telling somebody else what they should or should not be doing? Come on, y'all. So Eli was teaching him the right way, but his house was wrong. His sons was doing things in that temple that they should not have been doing. And instead of him shutting them down completely, he told them, but he continually let them do what they were doing. This is why we as the body of Christ, when you see people not going the way that you go and you shut them off. You separate yourself from them. Because if you don't, whatever they doing, you just like them. You cannot tell them they're wrong and still hanging with them. I'm going to say it again. You cannot tell somebody that they're wrong and they're living according to the world and you still participating with them. You still haven't separated yourself from them. You are becoming just like them. So here is um, Eli teaching Samuel. The way that he need to go. So one day Samuel heard the voice of God. See the word of God was shut off. So Samuel heard the voice of God. He didn't recognize his voice. So he went to Eli because he thought it was Eli speaking. Eli said it wasn't me. Go lay back down. He did this three times. And finally on the second time Eli said when you hear God speaking say yes Lord your servant hears. And from that day forward Samuel was hearing God's voice and not none of his words was falling to the ground. But God gave him the first message say go to Eli. See, God already sent somebody to Eli concerning the behavior of his sons in the temple, which that should have been a temple that was holy unto God. He gave them the word, told him what his sons was doing. Eli didn't take care of it, so he sent the word through Samuel. But guess what? At first, Samuel didn't want to give Eli the word. See, sometimes we think people are too high above us that we can't tell them what God is saying. I don't care how, how high I get or nobody else get from the pulpit to the congregation. You have a right to speak on God's behalf and tell people the truth no matter how much it hurt. Why? Love tells truth. Love don't look at your hurt. Love tells you the truth so you don't have to go through what you're going through. When you say you love somebody, you don't let them keep scrattling the fence and you're watching them and you're not opening your mouth and telling them truth. Jesus says sanctify them in truth. That means separate them according to truth. Truth separates you from whom you are associated with. Samuel told him the truth. 
And after he told him the truth, we know what happened to Eli. We know what happened to his family. Then we look at Samuel and how Samuel kept the word of God going. How did he keep the word of God going? Because Samuel had such relationship and fellowship with God that whatever God told Samuel to do, he done it. It became a learned behavior of Samuel to hear and do what God was saying. He did not go outside of God. Even when he was dealing with Saul and Saul didn't want to listen to God, he wanted to listen to the people. Samuel took Saul's sword, I believe, and killed the king that Saul should have killed. Why? Because he was obeying God's command. It didn't matter how much that king hollered out. God said literally to destroy everything. Saul didn't do it. But Samuel did what God, he cut that king in pieces. So look how obedient, that was learned behavior. This is what he learned. Anything outside of the word of God, he learned that's what you don't do. You follow my commands. You follow what I tell you outside of how people feel about you, outside of how people treat you. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. But you cannot become a lover of the world more than you becoming a lover of God because that is spiritual adultery. And we don't want to commit spiritual adultery. And I believe some of us have already done it. We're committing spiritual adultery because we want to keep friends. We want to keep husbands. We want to keep wives. We want to keep children. We want to keep all of these associates. But we're supposed to love God more than we love anything. The more time you spend in this word and the more time that, that you learn God's ways, you don't want to do it no other way. You don't want to act no other way. You just become set the way God would have you to set. Because you put your mind on things above. You set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. He said, and keep it set. This is why you got to guard your heart with all diligence. Why are you guarding your heart so? Because you don't want to plant a seed in you that's not of God. Because if that seed begin to grow out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. And this is how you're going to live. So we want to go in depth some more in the word of God, talking about learned behavior. God was taking me, first of all, let's go back to Moses. Y'all remember when Moses was, Moses was in Egypt? For 40 years, Moses, Moses saw his brethren, you know, getting um, beat. He saw his brethren overworked. He saw them over, uh, oppressed. But one day, Moses' heart turned towards his brethren, towards the Hebrews, and he ended up killing an Egyptian on their behalf. When the brothers started fighting, the Hebrew brothers started fighting, Moses was saying, you shouldn't be coming against each other like this. And they said, you're going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? Moses knew at that time, I have to leave out of Egypt because Pharaoh is going to kill me. Now I'm paraphrasing this. He left out of Egypt. He ended up in, in Midia. And when he was in Midia, he met this young lady when she was um, watering the camel. And when she was watering them, he helped her because it was some more men that came to try to harass her, per se. They noticed when they went back to their father, they told him, I think it was Levin, right? It was Levin? Told him about Moses. Now, they called Moses an Egyptian. The reason why they called him an Egyptian, because he had the appearance of an Egyptian. Now, understand that Moses was an Egyptian 
um, in Egypt so long that his appearance did look like them. But guess what? God don't look at the appearance. God look at the heart of man. Remember when he was um, anointing David as king and Samuel thought it was his older brother Elab? He said, no. He said, man look on the outer appearance, but I look on the heart. So God was looking um, at Moses' heart. God was already ready to raise Moses up. So we see that Moses stayed in Egypt for 40 years. 40 years and he learned their ways. He learned how to be rich. He learned that the life of the Egyptians and the way they did things. But guess what? When he went to Midia and he ended up being married to um, Levin, one of Levin, uh, the priest, and I think they call him Ruel. No, that was Jephro. It's Jephro. See, y'all should have called out Jephro. The Holy Spirit reminded me it was Jephro. Y'all know that was an error, see? Holla Jephro. Holy Spirit corrected me. Thank you, Lord. It was Jephro. So he began to live with him. But guess what? He had to be taught all over again. He had to be taught how to live according to Jephro. Now, Jephro, he loved the Lord, but he was a Midianite. Later on, they did have problems with the Midianites. But at that point, Jephro was helping him, showing him the right way. And so Moses encountered God, y'all, at the burning bush. Now, I'm going somewhere. When he encountered God, he began to develop that relationship with God, begin to come into fellowship with God, and God was telling him, I'm going to send you to be a deliverer. Look how long it took for Moses to go back to Egypt. It was 40 more years. Moses was 80 years old. Now, what make you or I different from Moses? See, some people want to teach Want to preach? Want to prophesy? I'm going to say it again. Want to prophesy because you see everybody on television. You see people coming in and out of the house of God and they're speaking a word into somebody's life and it looks so good to you. So you say, oh, I want to do that. I want to be a prophet. I want to do this and I want to do that. But you don't want to go through nothing. God got to break you to make you. Because when you have learned behavior, the majority of your life, when you learn the ways of the world, God is not going to stick you behind no pulpit or make you a prophet without cleaning you up first. He got to clean you up and sometimes cleaning up with some take longer than others. Because you may have been in something more deeper than I was in. Or I may have been in something more deeper than you were in. My time may be longer. Yours may be shorter. Or maybe vice versa. But God said, I'm not sending you out any kind of way. I got to wash your mouth out with the word of God. Because at every drop of a hat, you a cusser. So it's going to take more than a week to get all that foolishness out of you. Because every time you say something, the bleep, the bleep, the bleep, the bleep, the bleep. Thank you, Jesus, the bleep. So he said it's going to take longer. Then you're getting mad because you're seeing God raise somebody up quicker than you. Or then it might be anger that you had all your life because you've been abused, you've been rejected, you've been talked about. And now you're ready to tell somebody something because a prophet come up to you and say, Oh, you got a call on your life. You supposed to be a prophet. Why your pastor got you sitting down every Sunday? Cause you ain't ready yet. 
That don't mean you're not a prophet. It means that you got to have some cleaning up. You need to be taught for a while before you go out and tell somebody something and you can't keep your composure. Because somebody's asking you a question and you fire heart mad because they ask you, are you married? That's your weak area. You ain't got no husband yet. Why you ask me that? God ain't told you to tell me that. Well, I thought you was, I'm still a prophet, your arrogant self. See, it's still some learned behavior. It's still some angry issues. It's still some rejection issues. It's still some jealousy issues that keep rising up. It's still some Jezebel issues. Jezebel wanted to control everything. Jezebel wanted to tell people what they ain't doing, but Jezebel would never look at herself. So God had to bring Jezebel down because guess what? Even Elijah the prophet ran from the mouth of Jezebel. It's a lot of people running from Jezebel. It's a lot of people that don't want to stand up to Jezebel. They let Jezebel have her way, but Jezebel getting cut into pieces today. A controlling person is an arrogant person. A controlling person is an angry person. A controlling person is a rejected person. And when they have all of those traits, God said, I got to take you in a wilderness and I got to deal with those things. Because if I don't deal with them, you're going to deal with somebody else based on how you feel. Thank you, God. So we want to do something in the house of God. But we don't want to be broken. He said, I'm the potter. You're the clay. I want to make you into the image that I want to make you in. You're supposed to represent me, not yourself. If people still see in you, then hey, there's a problem. People don't supposed to see you. They're supposed to see me. Do we go through sometime and we fall? Yes, we do. But the Holy Spirit helps us to rise back up and say, forgive me. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have said that. That was out of order. That's not who I am now that I'm in Christ. That's a humbling state. God wants us to be humble. Jesus, even on the cross, he humbled himself. He didn't even open his mouth. Even when they was wrong, he didn't say anything. So that's why we have to spend time with God and get taught all over again. Because our minds have to be renewed. They have to be transformed. And that's what was going on with Moses. God had to transform Moses. He had to change him the way that he would want him to be so he could deliver the people so Moses could get his mind off of him. And God got very angry with Moses because Moses kept coming back at God when God was telling Moses, I'm going to send you. How can you send me? They're not going to accept me. See, he was still making it about him. God said, Moses, it ain't about you. I'm the one that's going to take care of you. I'm the one that's going to carry you. When you open your mouth, I'm the one that's going to speak through you. I can't speak. I stutter. I'm paraphrasing it. But God said, who am I? Am I not the one that made your mouth? So God kept reminding Moses. And it got to the point, God said, Moses, you still going, but I'm going to send your brother Aaron with you. But Aaron cannot speak outside of you. You still got to speak to Aaron so Aaron can speak to Pharaoh and the people. Because I chose you, Moses. Don't you already know? I know you have a problem with your words. 
He said, so you got to trust me more than you trust in That's a learned behavior. Learned behavior. Wouldn't you think if Moses was in Egypt that long, they should have taught him how to speak? Come on, he was in a place that they had everything. So it seemed like they would have taught him. He was in Pharaoh's house. Don't you think Pharaoh would have said, quit stuttering. They ain't how you speak. They ain't how we speak, Moses. But maybe he was speaking like them and it sounded right. But what I'm saying with learned behavior, these are things that have to be uprooted out of people before they go into ministry. You got a lot of people in ministry with too much learned behavior that's not of God. And they're bringing it into the house of God and they're setting it up like it's right and it ain't God. So you got to know how God run things so that's the way you will live. So we know Moses, he delivered the people. He brought them out of Egypt. But one thing with Moses, he had to deal with some stiff-necked people. Now understand those people were in Egypt for 400 and some years, y'all. And being in Egypt for 400 and some years, you're going to learn some things in Egypt, even though you in Goshen. They were in Goshen, but they were still going through with those Egyptians. So guess what? It was all in their mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. So even though they come out of Egypt, Egypt didn't come out of them. This is why God had to teach them his way of doing, his way of being. And the more that Moses come in with something, they will still complain. Come on, we do it today. We come in church. We come in the house of the Lord and we get the word from God. And we say, oh, thank you, God. This is the word. Oh, Lord, that's me. Then we go home and start complaining all over again. Why? Complaining is learned behavior. That's what we get used to, complaining. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills today. I don't know how I'm going to make it. My body is so racked in pain. I'm just tired of living this way. I'm tired of being this way. Why it have to be me? Everybody else ain't going through like me. You ain't in their house. You ain't got their body. You don't know what they're going through just because they got a smile on their face. Face, they are trusting in the Lord with all their heart. They're leaning not to their own understanding. They're acknowledging God in all their ways. And God is directing their path. So you ain't in their house. You ain't going through what they go through. They're praising God through the storm because they know they're already out of the storm. So they're not wasting time mummering and complaining. The learned behavior. You don't bring that mess in your house. Even when your children are mummering, wait a minute, hold up, not in my house. What do you have to mummer and complain about? You have a roof over your head. You have food on your table. You have clothes on your back. You have a way to and from. You have this and you have that. And it's because of God, not because of you. You need to be giving God glory. You need to switch it up. But what do we do? We listen to the mummering and complaining. We let them use us as a trash can. And at the end of the day, people are going to go right back into the same pit they were in before. And you home, Lord, help them, Lord. You know what they need, Lord. And they out doing the same mess. They have all done tore up your house. Now, you fussing at your husband. Now, you fussing at even your dog because you're by yourself. Now, you in your house with the same mumbling and complaining. 
Now you're doing it in your house. Your house is in a mess and they out enjoying themselves. What's wrong with you? Why you got an attitude today? What? For real? So we have to know that this learned behavior that we have not only affects us, but it affects other people. This is why I'm telling y'all I have such a spiritual anger. When I see the word of God taught, I mean really taught to the people of God and you still see them living the same way and knowing they don't have to live that same way. Oh, come on, somebody. You seeing the word just go forth, just go forth, just go forth. And you seeing the same hate in the church. You seeing the same bickering in the church. You seeing the same attitude in the church. And people act like they don't have an attitude until somebody hits your button. Like a robot. Oh, hit the wrong button. Too late. See, people okay when you don't mess with them. When you don't tell them nothing, they love you. They give you a bunch of hugs. They give you, love you, baby. See you next Sunday. I like that girl. You like that girl because that girl ain't said nothing that will benefit you. Long as that girl is agreeing with you, you look good, you so nice, you so holy. Oh, child, I know your husband love you and you love him. I just see all this in you. Oh, you happy, go lucky. But when they come back next Sunday and say, can I say something to you? You know, what you said the other day to me, it really offended me. And I don't know if you, why I had to say something. What happened to happy-go-lucky? You hit a button. But it was already there. And they were trying to cover it up. We got some cover-ups in the church. My ministry, by the way, is to root up and tear down. The strongholds off of God's people. See, my job is to tell you the areas in your life that need to be uprooted through the word of God. And it's your job to deal with it. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at him. Because God uses me to tell. Well, I'll put it this way. If you're mad at me, you're mad at God. Because I'm only going to bring what God would have for me to bring. And that's what we got to realize. We got so much learned behavior that we bring into the house of God because we are the church. And when we bring this learned behavior in the house of the God, God the enemy is laughing. Because he said, you know what, I already got them programmed. You in there trying to teach them and some of them ain't hearing a thing you saying because they already made up their mind. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. And nobody ain't going to change me because they get so set in their ways with learned behavior. And they want to tell you how you need to do and how you need to be to try to deter you and change you because they don't want to hear the truth. When you know the truth, you abide by the truth. You don't let nobody change your truth if it's according to the word of God. I don't care who it is. If they never say nothing to you no more, you out to please God and not man. So Moses, and I'm going to cut it off with Moses and I'm going to move forward. Oh, Moses, he was doing well for the Lord. The first time the Lord told him, I want you to strike that rock. Well, water is going to come out of it. Moses was obedient. They got the water. Do you think those people were satisfied because they got some water? 
And because God was raining manna from heaven, bread from heaven. Every time God did something that was satisfied for a while, then they go back into the complaining mode. Then they had some mixed multitude with them. See, if you got some mixed up people, let me tell you what a mixed multitude is. A mixed multitude is wannabes. Want to be saved and want to be of the world. That's a mixed multitude. I want to be saved, but I still want to have parts of the world. So they brought that mixed multitude in with them. And the mixed multitude began to complain one day about what they had in Egypt. So when they started complaining, the Israelites started complaining. So they're going to murmur and complain. And then God was mad. God was going to literally kill them. But Moses stood in the gap just like Jesus. He stands. He stood in the gap on our behalf so none of us would die. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So if Jesus didn't stand in on our behalf, all of us would be, be, be dead. But because of his blood, because of his grace, because of his mercy, we're here today. But we don't want to pull the grace card all the time because we're forgiven for past, present, and future sins. Some of us say, well, I'm already forgiven, so God already forgive me if I'm going to do it. But why you still want to do it if you're in fellowship with God, you should be turning away from what you used to do. See, when you have a learned behavior in different areas of your life, that's what you're going to turn to before you turn to God. But when you make up your mind to say, God, I accepted you as my Lord and as my Savior. God, I really don't want to live this way. I need help. He said, that's why I gave you the Holy Spirit. He's your helper. He's your teacher. He's the one that will lead you and guide you into all truth. He's the one that brings the word back to your remembrance. He's the one that reveals. He's the one that stands by you. He's the one that comforts you. He's your advocate. Come on, the Holy Spirit is there. And if you call on him and say, Holy Spirit, I can't do this by myself. God knew you couldn't. That's why he gave you an helper. Come on, y'all, we got to quit playing. We got to quit telling people something we're not doing. You can preach a good game, but are you living it? You got to quit telling people to do this and you ain't doing it. You got to quit telling people to love their enemies and you ain't loving yours. You got to quit telling people, bless those who curse you, and you're hating those who curse you. Come on, I'm for real today. I'm for real all the time. But today it's getting hotter and hotter. And the reason why it's getting hotter and hotter, because time is getting shorter and shorter. And it's time for the church to rise up and get in your place and get in your position and quit coming against one another. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities, powers, wickedness in high places. Come on, we're fighting against those things, not each other. I'm not here to fight against you. Know whom you're fighting. So we look at Moses. Moses would intercede for those people, but it seemed like the more Moses did, the worse they got. When they come out of Egypt, Moses went up 40 days, 40 nights to be with the Lord. They said, where is this Moses? Where is this deliverer? Where is the one that's supposed to be here with us? Come on, let's make us a God. Since we don't have Moses, let's replace him. Oh, Aaron. Let's say co-pastor. Let's say Moses was the pastor. Aaron was the co-pastor. 
He was the one that's supposed to fill in when Moses was gone. Aaron couldn't handle the people like Moses. See, this is the problem in the house of God. Some people think they can handle things better than you can handle them. Or think they can do things better than you can do it. But when you're out of the picture, things get tore up from the flow up. So here we go. Moses was up there with God and Joshua was up there too. See, God was preparing Joshua. He was up there and Joshua said, I hear some noise coming from the camp. See, God ain't going to leave Moses uninformed. Moses said, your people are down there doing stuff they ain't supposed to do. I'm paraphrasing. So he said, you get down there. Talk to them people. Moses, go down there, y'all. They're doing everything like Egypt was doing. <laughs> See, they come out of Egypt. But Egypt didn't come out of them. So Moses saw all of them people doing crazy stuff and worshiping that golden calf, that idol. And that was one thing that God was teaching them. Have no other God. See, what's in you is going to come out of you. See, we may act okay in the house of God, but we got to go home. We got to get in front of them husbands and them wives. Them, them, them husbands and wives, they'll bring something out of you you ain't thought you had. The one you close to, child, they'll bring it out of you. And you'll be like, what? Where that cuss word come from? It was already in you. It was just waiting for an opportune time. See, those are strongholds. See, the enemy builds strongholds on the inside of you. See, he already had them before you got saved. He already had a hold on you before you got born again. This is why you got to renew. Come on, say, renew your mind for real. Say, I'm serious. Renew your mind for real. When you renew your mind for real, you know that whatever has been planted that should not be planted, the word of God is going to bring it up and out of you. So when your worst enemy come at you, you can be still and see the salvation of the Lord because your mind has been renewed. You know the change when you renew your mind. The same words that hurt you one time don't hurt you no more. The same offense that came at you one time, you ain't getting offended no more. It comes, but you ain't getting offended. Because woe to the one that brings offense, that brings the snare, that brings the trap. So you know things have changed. So Moses, getting back to Moses. The last time God said, Moses, just speak to the rock. Moses didn't speak to that rock. Moses was beating that rock. Because that rock looked like them people. What did I tell you? God said, you ain't going into the promised land. You can see it, but you ain't going into it. Because you allow the people to be me. You put the people over me. So you're not going to go to the promised land, but you can see it. Look how we allow people to put us in a place. That we shouldn't be in. And then we say, but it was them. No, you had a choice. It's your choice. Quit blaming it on people. I cussed them out because they said you cussed them out because you've been wanting to cuss them out. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Them cuss words was waiting on. One more time. One more time. And you know what get me with black folk? 
Black folk get mad if you say nigger. If a white person say nigger, remember we all of one race though. But if a white person call you out of your name, you ready to shoot them. And you calling each other niggers. Learn behavior. It's all right for us to do it. But you don't do it because you ain't my color. Ignorant gone to seed. All of us of one race. One race. Ain't no black, ain't no white, ain't no Mexican. You from Adam. One race. And every race come out of one man. So we need to learn behavior. It's stuff that we learned through the years that we put deep down in our heart. And some of us still have prejudice in us and trying to contain it until somebody get in your face. Oh, it's so quiet. Drop something. Because it's the way we were taught. It's the way we were raised. But that's not the way God intended for it to be. This is why our mindset has to be changed. Oh, I ain't through yet. Because I'm going through the scriptures. I'm going through them because God is showing us how he wants things to be. And we have to be taught his way. Every household, I guarantee you, in this place have been raised differently. Then when you come together in the church, if you hadn't renewed your mind, you're going back to what your mom and daddy said, and sometimes it ain't right. It's not right. Until you go through what the word, and I hear some mamas and dads, I taught my kids right now. <laughs> Offense, bow down. I'm teaching. Because you can teach them right, but they're going to choose what they want to choose. But guess what? They're going to come back to it. Because just because nobody didn't see me in the clubs like everybody else was in the clubs don't mean I wasn't doing something I shouldn't have been doing. I just wasn't showing up where you were showing up. I can stay home and do stuff you were doing in the club and I'm just as bad as you because sin is sin. Ain't no big sin. Ain't no little sin. Sin is sin, y'all. So we need to see sin for what it is. It's things that we have learned. It's things that we were conceived in. It's things that we were taught. It's learned behaviors. The devil's conditioning us by what we're around. If you're around a household that's full of lust, guess what? Eventually that lust is going to come out of you. That spirit of perversion is going to come out of you. Some people say when it comes to homosexuality, I was born this way. You're right. You were born in sin. You were shaped in iniquity, but that's not how God wanted it to be. This is how God wanted it to be. One man and one woman. They come together in marriage and they produce children. We have to tell them the truth. Now I'm finding out with this learned behavior. I heard on, it was a true story. You got young children now that grew up older that said that they wanted to be a boy or they wanted to be a girl. They come to find out, y'all. That when they had the surgery, after it was done, I messed up. But nobody, my, my family let me do it. They went along with it. Now I'm stuck like I am and can't do nothing. I'm talking like I'm talking, sending me to psychiatrists, telling me I can accept being a boy. I can accept being a girl. But now I'm realizing it's wrong. That's what the devil does. He conditioned you. From little children, he conditioned them. He put that thought in their mind. You're not a boy. 
Where did that come from? Anytime you carry a baby in your womb and you're hoping for a boy, but yet it's a girl and you're rubbing your belly and say, oh boy, I can't wait till you get here. Or if it's a, what I say, a boy and you wanting a girl or a girl, vice versa. Oh girl, I can't wait for you to get here. And it's a boy, you are conditioning your womb. So your baby is coming out with mixed feelings. Now I know I'm a girl. I look like, but that's not who they say I am. I'm supposed to be a boy. So this is how the enemy set it up real good. He put you around somebody that's that way. That talk to you and tell you it's okay. You being conditioned for this. And this is what they say. God made me this way. The devil is a liar. Being conditioned. We have conditioned some of our children to be the way they are today. Because that's the way we were. We have conditioned our children what's right. But we have not taught them how to stand up for what's not right. So we need to do it according to the word. Whomever you are around that's not right, you are shaped into that not being right. I remember my son would tell me and also my daughters, they got older because they wasn't accepted. Now my son would try to just be accepted even though he wasn't going to be accepted. I said, listen here, boy. You may walk into that, but that ain't you. That's not who God intended for you to be. You have your destiny. You have your plan and purpose for your life. You can't act like them because that's not who you are. So the more you try to act like them, it's going to be pressure on you because that's not who you are. And the more he tried to do it, it didn't work for him. God just spared him. Each time God just spared him because he wanted to be a wannabe. But I remember these words he used to say to me, Mama... The reason why I'm like I am, because you wouldn't let me stay with nobody. I said, no, the reason why you like you are, because that's who you choose to be. You wouldn't let me get out there and, you know, get in the mix of it so I know the difference. Shut up, boy. You already know the difference. <laughs> Mama, I would have known about these things if you let me. Mama, you wouldn't let me hang with certain families. No, I wouldn't. Because if I saw the life of those family members, why would I subject you to that even though I love them? Back up. You don't put your kids, I don't care if it is family. If you know family got, oh, I'm talking today. If you know family got incest, why are you letting uncle keep your kid? I need to go party tonight, unk. I notice you keep all the kids. You ain't never kept mine. Can you keep mine and I get my party on? You sent your kids into that mess. Oh, meet my unk. He's so nice. Yes, he is. To all the kids. Then your child acting different. And you think your child acting different because you ain't giving your child the attention, but unk is. Then the child don't know how to come to you because the uncle said, now you know what? 
you don't tell nobody this is just between me and you. And if you know, I'm gonna buy you an Xbox for Christmas. I keep it, keep it, keep it silent. They know what kids like. So mama's saying, why you get him an Xbox? Well, he deserves it. I know you couldn't afford it. I'm his uncle. It's okay. You don't have to worry about paying me. You so nice. See, somebody want me to shut up, but I'm not shutting up. I'm not shutting up. This is learned behavior, and some of us put our kids in it because we want to be satisfied. Because we felt like we need a life sometime. So when you know what a household is doing, you don't subject your son or your daughters to that household because they're going to come out of there with something. Just because you think you need a break. You should have thought about the break before you laid there. I want a child, I want a child, and you're going to keep it when I have it. I'm going to sit on that one and let you think about it. Learn behavior. And all of this stuff. God send people to help youngsters deal with it. Because sometimes the parents won't listen because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear now what Unc did. They don't want to hear now what Auntie did. No, no, not my sister, not my brother. They wouldn't do nothing like that. So, Mama, you calling me a liar? Go somewhere and sit down. You were troubled the day you were born. So that child is being affected by that. And because nobody would listen to that child, now that child is saying, okay, I'm not a man no more. So I'm going to live like a woman. I don't want to have nothing else to do with that. Learn behavior. Because now they're accepting the behavior that the uncle or the aunt brought into their lives. And this is how they think they need to be. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. And thank God for the ones to tell them through the spirit of the Lord. To tell them you don't have to be. But who God wants you to be. We got to teach them. We got to train them in the right way. Just go back to Genesis, the first chapter. It'll give you all the lesson you need. This is what God created. This is how God created it. This is how God wanted it to be. It was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. This is how God want people to come together as one in marriage, not fornication. Not a, come on, somebody. You got to tell your children how it's supposed to be. And men, you got to be fathers to your children the way you need to be. Because if a man teach a daughter how a man need to treat a daughter, his daughter, that daughter ain't going to take any man. Mm. Why do y'all think, do anybody go in this good book? It's what's written. This is what we're supposed to live by. But people say, now look, we don't go under the old. Jesus said, 
I didn't come to do away with the old, but I came to fulfill it. Because none of y'all could fulfill God's standards. But God's word is the same. The only difference is you're not going to die when you mess up like they did in the Old Testament. See, because you got sanctification in the Old Testament. He's showing you how to live. But then some of those things he used as an example for what was coming. So, see, you got to know the difference. Because some of those things, we know we're not going to do them today. Because if you got on a certain kind of material, it was wrong. (laughs) All of us today be dead. Because look at all us, what we got on. Some of us got on lepers. Some of us got on uh, pythons. Bulking scriptures. Come on, we got on stuff we shouldn't even have on. You know what I'm saying? So you got to know what God is saying in the scripture before you take it to the screen. So I'm going somewhere. Y'all, I'm just starting to teach. And the reason why is because the more you get into the word of God, the more life comes to you and the more you can live that abundant life. See, I don't try to plagiarize. And what I mean, I don't try to be a hypocrite. Because when I go in there and read it, I just live it. I have, it's just a part of me. It ain't something that I just put on on Sundays to make y'all think I'm real. It's something I do every day. Do I cut up some time and get angry? Tell them, honey. Yeah. I ain't ashamed of my game. But I got better sense to stay that way. <laughs> The Bible say, be quick to hear. What? Quick to hear, slow to speak. Quick to hear, slow to speak. Quick to hear, slow to wrath. Do me and my husband get in little tits and tats? Yes, we do. But I ain't going to bed with those tits and tats. Come on, we're going to talk about this, buddy. We're going to resolve this issue tonight. Because I am not laying down like this and, and let the enemy mess with my dreams. I'm not doing it. We're going to work this out. So if I'm trying to work it out and you don't want to work it out, thank God I got my part right. Because when I stand before God, I don't. when he asks me a question about my husband, I don't have to say if he had not. I got the answer for myself because when we go to heaven, we ain't going to be mad no more. Did y'all not know this? William, you ain't going to be holding hands with Angela up there. Mm -mm. Sons of God, that's right. That's why we're supposed to be sisters and brothers. We're supposed to be a big family when we come to the kingdom of God. So I'm saying, this learned behavior is messing up the church. This learned behavior is messing up the church because some of us think we're better than the other person because this person is in this and you in that. Yours ain't as big as that person. So you're going to shun that person because what they're doing is, is just too big. It's bigger than your lie. Come on, it's the liar's club over here and it's the fornicator club over here. Fornicator club is bigger than the lying club. All of you wrong. Sin is sin. It's a learned behavior with lying and it's a learned behavior with fornicating. Saying that it's okay to live with a man and woman because you love each other. God's agape love don't do that. 
God, agape love don't bring children into the world when you're not married. Because if you decide you don't want to be with that man or that woman, it's a broken home with those kids. And they don't, that's how they think they should learn behavior. And people say, it's okay. No, it's not. That's not how God intended for it to be. So that's how we're supposed to raise our children up. So go with me. To Leviticus 18, verse 1 through verse 5. Y'all, this is a spiritual angle on this pulpit. I'm not mad with none of you. God is good, isn't he? I have to, I have to bring that out because some people say, Did you hear Apostle Amanda? She must have been mad at somebody's son. I'm mad at sin. Leviticus 18, 1 through 5. Listen at this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. Now, why was he speaking to Moses? Because Moses was the one that God has set over the people to lead them, right? Saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them. Then the Lord spoke to Apostle Amanda and said, speak to Miracle Temple and all the visitors today. And say, I am the Lord, your God. According to the doings of the land of Egypt where you dwelt, you shall not do. I'm going to say this. According to the doings of the world where you used to dwell, you shall not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan where I'm bringing you, you shall not do. Nor shall you walk in their ordinances you shall observe my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk in them. I'm the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes, my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. I'm the Lord. That's the word. Do you think God done away with that? If he done away with it, it shouldn't be in the Bible. So God is telling us today, everything that I'm teaching you, according to my word, this is what I want you to do. I don't want you to do like the world is doing. The world is a form of Egypt. It's a form of Canaan. Now we're going to go into why God is telling them this. If you go up under Leviticus 18, it's dealing with sexual sins. He's telling them the abominations that was done in Egypt, that was done in Canaan. He even broke them down to say, this is what you will not be doing. Thus says the Lord. He t- how can a parent tell a child, don't do something if, he, if they don't break it down? Child may not understand all of that. So he broke it down. Go back and read what he broke down to them. That's what verses 1 through verse 5 is talking about. Then, if you go with me to Deuteronomy 4, verse 1 through 9. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes. He's still saying the same thing. And the judgments which I teach you. To observe that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you. You shall not add to the word which I command you nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor. For the Lord your God has destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. 
Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should act according, accordingly to them in the land which you go to possess. Therefore, be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Look what God was saying. God was telling them, He said, when you go into these lands, he said, I want you to do my statutes and my judgments, and they're going to understand that you're different. Basically, that's what God was saying. So now that we're in the world and not of the world, we don't observe and do what the world does. Why? The world's supposed to see us as being different from the world. We don't act like the world. We don't try to talk like the world. We don't try to dress, what you call it? According to the world, we want to dress modestly. We don't want to dress to try to get attention, to let people know, hear me, see me, be attached to me. God want his people to look good, but not in a way that would turn a man's head all the way around like, you know, it's broke or something. Come on, we don't, we don't bring the lustful spirit in churches. We don't do nothing to try. Now, now some people need to really be delivered because you can wear a long dress and a man is still looking at you. Why? Because it could be a spirit of perversion there. It could be something that they're dealing with through their childhood that need to be uprooted through the word of God. So this is what God always told them. Obey my statutes. Obey my laws. Obey my rules. Now, I want to take you somewhere that when God tells you something... God expects you to abide by what he tells you, right? Just like with us. Go to 2 Chronicles 33, beginning at verse 1. Manasseh, listen at this, was 12 years old when he became king and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. But he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abomination of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Now remember, in Leviticus 18, God was telling them, do not do like the Egyptians, do not do like the land of Canaan, right? These things that they done was abominations. It was things that God said, do not do, but he did it. Now listen what his father did. For he rebuilt, this is Hezekiah, For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down. He raised up altars for the Baal and made wooden images. He worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, which the Lord has said in Jerusalem, shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven and the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he also offered his children to Molech. All of these abominations that God told them not to do, Manasseh did it, but his father, Hezekiah, did not. Now, see, Hezekiah had to train him the right way, but he chose this way. So I want to give you an example, parents. If you're training your children the right way, they could choose the wrong way. But I'm going to tell you what happened. After Manasseh done all of this evil in the sight of the Lord... Um, 33.9, but Manasseh, listen what he did by doing it, but Manasseh led the people of Judah and Jerusalem to do wrong astray. They did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed ahead of the Israelites. By Manasseh being king, 
By him ruling over the people, he brought this stuff into that kingdom. By him bringing the stuff into the kingdom, it became a learned behavior. It became what um, they were taught. So what am I saying? Me as your pastor, if I'm bringing foolishness in the church and I'm teaching you foolish things, then guess what I'm doing? I'm building up a church not living according to the word of God. We have some churches that say this is what you should not do, but they're allowing the world to come in the church because they want more of the money than they want the people, the hearts of the people. You're seeing it in churches today. You're seeing people bring the world in doing worldly dances. You're seeing them going out in the world and living like the world, coming back in the church and teaching people out of the Bible, you cannot have two masters. You cannot tell the church one thing and you live in another thing. You cannot be acting like the world and telling the church this is what the word of God is a mixed multitude. You're making a mixed multitude. You're raising up wannabes in the church. You cannot do it. If there's anybody in the church that God show you that's committing adultery, you're supposed to sit down with that person according to the word of God, telling them what the word of God says, giving them counsel, but they cannot lead somebody in the church because it would be just like cancer running through the church as leaders you supposed to let people know what the word of God is saying and if they do not want to change then they got to leave the church are we teaching that today so look this is what Manasseh done but let me tell you how change came The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they will not listen. That's in verse 10. Listen at this. The Lord spoke to him. He's a merciful God. He's speaking to you today. Therefore, the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Ezra, Assyria, who took Manasseh with hooks, bound him with um, brazen fetters, bronze fetters, carried him off to Babylon. Now look at this. Now when he was in affliction... Why do we got to wait till we get in affliction to begin to seek the Lord? Now, you know, he had to be in some affliction. He began to seek the Lord, his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed to him. And he received his entreaty, heard his supplication and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Manasseh began to repent. See, repentance is of the heart, y'all. It ain't promising God you will do this if he do that. Because God has already done everything. God wants to hear a sincere heart cry. If you're tired of being angry, if you're tired of being rejected, if you're tired of your potty mouth, if you're tired of all of this stuff, being a Jezebel, being offended, all of these things you're tired of, when God really hear your heart, you can come out. Now listen at after he came out. This is how you know his heart is right. Verse 14. After this, he built a wall outside the city of David on the west side of, what is it, Gihon, in the valley as far as the entrance of the fish gate. And it enclosed Opal, and he raised it to a very great height. Now let me tell you about that wall. Remember I told you about a stronghold. A stronghold is an area in your life 
that's built up, it's a wall, due to your way of thinking, it's fortified. That means if you got a stronghold in your life, you got a fortified wall. And that fortified wall is built on deception, it is built on lies. So even though I'm coming in here today and telling you the truth, that wall looked like it won't come down. Why? Because it's been built up for years. Now, Manasseh had to get captured. Manasseh had to go through some great affliction to really humble himself and say, God, I was wrong for what I did. I was wrong for what I participated in. Come on, that's salvation. So when we come to the Lord and say, God, I was wrong for mistreating this one. I was wrong for mistreating that one. I was wrong for my potty mouth. I was wrong for how I come off at this one. I was wrong for being a Jezebel. I was wrong for being a liar. I was wrong for being a fornicator. I was wrong for being an adulteress, an adulterer. God, I was so wrong. What I did, I recognized my wrongness. And even though you have forgiven me, I want to close the door to everything in my life that's causing me to be the way I'm being I'm tired of being a hypocrite saying right is right when I know it's wrong I'm tired of looking at people in their face and say I like you when I got hate in my heart and it's done turned into murder because I done saw myself killing you I'm tired of faking it to make it in the house of God because I'm holding on to my feelings to the point I don't like you. It's in the house. So this is what Manasseh did. He tore down that wall of bitterness. He tore down that wall of sin that he had built and he built a wall. The wall you got to build is through the word of God. You got to have your stronghold, your fortified city through the word of God. You got to build a wall like Manasseh built that wall. And it said, and he raised it to a very great height. Then he put military captains in all the fortified cities of Judah. Come on. He was making himself battle ready. He took away the foreign gods, the idols from the house of the Lord, and all the altars he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem, and he cast them out of the city. This is what we got to do. Everything that we have allowed in our, in our hearts, through learned behavior. We got to uproot it through the word of God. Not just getting in there one day. This got to be 24-7. You got to have that word in your ear 24-7. If we got fears in our life, we got to go in the word of God and say, God, first of all, you did not give me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. You told me to fear thou not because you are with me. You told me to be not dismayed because you are God. You told me you will strengthen me. You will help me. You will uphold me with your righteous right hand. So fear got to bow down in the name of Jesus. It ain't going to happen the first time. All that mouth. Ain't going to happen the first time. I don't care how much you snot. See, God already done did it. 
But the problem is we ain't receiving what he already done. We're letting fear come right back in. But when we get a moving and shake, go right in the name. No, you don't. Peace be still. So it takes the word of God over and over and over every day. Every second you can get the word need to be playing in your ear. Because you building you a fortified city. Then it says in 16, he also repaired the altar of the Lord, sacrificed peace offerings and thanks offerings on it, and commanded Judah to serve the Lord. You know what he did? After he did what he did, he said, Lord, I thank you. Now that's what we have to do. When we speak the word of God, putting it in our hearts, we give him a wave offering of thanksgiving. Why? Because we know it's done. I don't have to go back and keep asking. I'm just going to thank you for what I know you already done. God, I thank you. You already healed me. God, I thank you. You have already delivered me. God, I thank you. You have set me free from fear. I thank you that you have set me free from offense. I thank you that you have set me free because now I'm a forgiven person. I don't hold no unforgiveness because you didn't hold none against me. Who am I to not forgive when you forgave me? So every day I got to give God some thanks. For what I know God has already done because he said it's done. Ain't no hearsay, she say nothing. Ain't about how I feel today. God, it's about what you said you done. So then it said, nevertheless, listen at this. The people still sacrifice on the high places, but only to the Lord their God. Look how change came. Somebody have to stand up in your family. For what's right. Somebody have to be the one to stand for God and stand. Doing all, stand. God have entrusted us with his word. And when he give you his word, he entrusts you to carry that word out. And he's not going to leave you by him, by yourself. He's going to give you the power. He gave you resurrection power. Now, it's another thing that we do that we should not be doing. How many of us say this? Lord, I thirst for you. How many? Come on, be honest. Raise your hand. How many thirst for God? See, y'all don't know what I'm going to say. That's why you ain't raising your hand. But I know it's in the room. That's wrong. You know why it's wrong? You don't have to thirst for him because he done gave you living water. A well that never run dry. So you're never thirsty. He said, whoever come to me is never thirsty. Never thirsty. Do you know what we asked him for? God, I need the zeal. I'm teaching on that next. See, we're missing zeal for the Lord, not thirst. God have already given you what you need for your... Go, go to John, the fourth chapter. She went to the well. That was a well of salvation. But then he gave you the power of the Holy Ghost. That was, what was it? Rivers that's bursting forth out of you. You ain't thirsty. You're just missing the zeal of God. The Bible said those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. You don't have that thirst no more if you're already saved. So we need to quit saying, God, I want more. We got all of him we're going to get. Sometimes I have to catch myself, more of you, more of 
you. And it is more of him, less of me. But the problem is you got all of him you're going to get because you are complete in him. You have the fullness of him in you. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need to walk in the fullness of God every day and everything that need to be done. Guess what? He's sending us to do it because he's in us. The atmosphere does not change. It changes when you walk in the room. Not full of mess, but being full of him. When you're full of him, you're releasing him in the atmosphere. So we got to know the difference, y'all, by what we're saying because we already have what we have in him. So when we know the difference, we live according to the difference. And that's learned behavior. Because that's what we heard all the time. I thirst for you in a dry and barren land. You know, we hear that? I thirst for you. We don't have to thirst because we have it. But that's something that people use. I thirst. And it's a beautiful song. But we have all of him we're going to get because when you have him, he said you never thirst. Didn't he say it? Why would he say we'll never thirst and we're still thirsty? It's because we lost the zeal for God. So the next thing I'm going to say, Numbers 33, I'm giving you some examples. Here go God again in verse 50. Now the Lord spoke to Moses. Now the Lord spoke to Apostle Amanda in Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry across from Jericho saying, speak to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry and the people that came to visit today. And say to them, when you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Destroy all the engraved stones, destroy all the molten images, and demolish all the high places. You shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it, for I have given you the land to possess. God said, get rid of your learned behavior. Where you have built these high places, these altars in your heart, in your mind. And you're living according to that way because you think it's right. And you got people that you're telling stuff that seem like it's right, that it ain't right. And they're agreeing with you, but it's you. He said, get rid of it. Tear it down. How do I do it? Through the word of God. Have y'all noticed doing tragedy? Are doing when something happened in our life that brings tragedy, that brings loss, stuff that's laying under the rug come up out of you. And you begin to talk about your feelings. Feelings. Oh, feelings. This is how I feel about you. Never liked you a day in my life. Always hated you. Now I want to get it right with you. You know why? Because something has happened in your life with your health or with someone you lost. So now you want to make it right or some of us just get pretty evil. The anger come up and you begin to tell people how you felt when you should have did it a long time ago. When it was always taught. If you got ought. Now you're ready to let everything come out like a person who's drunk. You know, a person who get drunk, tell everything. 
God said, get rid of it. You know what it is. We all know what it is. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Before God could make me, he had to break me and break me good. Because I thought, just because I didn't bother people, just because I didn't go out and party, just because I didn't live that life like everybody else lived, just because I didn't mess with people, I'm okay. I'm saved. I have accepted Jesus. I'm really okay. And I treat people nice and I don't try to come at people the way they come at me. I'm just a nice person. When things begin to happen in my life, when I got a high position and I thought everything was well, when I went through depression, I thought everything was well. Everything began to come up and come out, and God began to teach me through my wilderness experience. I was a Jezebel. I was a rejected person. I was an offended person. I was just all this, that, and a bag of chips. Could not believe it, but I was. I was a busybody. Oh, God gave me a list. I was all of these things, and God said, you got to get rid of it. The price has been paid, but you're allowing it in your house, and you got to get rid of it. Did it hurt me? It hurt me bad because I was still coming at people the wrong way. But the more I got into the word of God, the more I humbled myself. And I said, God, you're the only one can help me get through this. God had to make me in order to put me here for a time like this. He had to show me what was in me. But I had to be the one to get it out through the word. Because God said, it's already done. You already delivered. But I want you to live like you delivered. I want you to walk like you deliver. I had people to hate me and know I ain't done nothing to them. And God showed me how to treat the ones that hate me that I knew talked about me. God taught me those things. Why? Because if you want to become a pastor, you got to love your sheep when they hate you. You got to be there for your sheep when they don't want to be there for you. See, people want to be a pastor, but they don't even know what it is to be one. People want to teach the word, but when hard times come, you put the word down. The word ain't important no more. See, the word is what kept me. The word is what broke me. The word is what showed me how to be whom God want me to be. And if you can't be in the word the way you need to be in the word, God can't use you the way he want to use you. You may be used, but not the way God want to use you. So don't get mad at the messenger today. Ask God to deal with your learned behavior that's not of him. Ask God to show you the right way because I'm here to tell you, when you teach this way and you teach God people this way, you're going to have people coming at you from left and right. See, this is why me and my husband have to communicate because if we don't communicate with each other, then we can have hate for one another because if I'm showing him the right way and he ain't listening to me because he think that's his way because that's the way he learned or vice versa same thing with me then we just staying together but we're not together we got broken homes and broken marriages that's in the house just to keep peace because you don't want to tell the husband and you don't want to tell the wife the truth because you saying what's the point the point is you don't want neither one to die in that mess when you love a person You got to tell them truth and you got to live according to the truth. But it comes a time when they don't want to hear the truth. You done your part. Just live. 
Just live that Zoe life. Too many homes are broken. And so many people are talking. Just sit down with people. What do you hear most? Do you hear God or you hear the world? People can talk about the world more than they can talk about God. They can tell you what the world say more than what God say. And they can say it verbatim. But when it comes to the scripture. uh, 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 I believe. Let me see. Three scriptures. Romans 12, 2. We know that one. Do not be shaped, conformed, pressed into the mold by this world age. Instead, be changed within, transformed by a new way of thinking or changing the way you think, the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to decide, discern, test, and prove, approve what God wants for you. It's God's will. You will know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Proverbs 23, 7, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, in conclusion, or now then, brothers and sisters, think about, focus your thoughts on, fill your mind with things that are true, honorable and right, just and pure and beautiful, lovely and respected, commendable. If there is anything that is good, morally excellent and worthy of praise, think about, focus your thoughts on, fill your minds with these things. Do what you learned and received and heard from me and what you saw me do in me and, and the God who gives peace will be with you. Philippians 4, 8 through 9, expanded Bible. That's all, folks. It's simple. It's too much learned behavior of the world in the church. This is why the church is not seeing what needs to be seen. Miracles, signs, and wonders because of the behaviors that's in the church. We got to change our behavior. We got to change our way of being and live according to what God is saying and what God is doing. What have you filled your house with? Have you filled your house with the word or the world? Have you filled your house with the word or the world? The thing you love the most is what you do. And it's what you want to do. The thing you hate the most is what you should be turning away from. So let's get into the word and allow the word to get into us. And let's begin to encourage one another and quit looking at one another outside of the word of God. Because God loves us all. He does not have any respectable person. So let's live according to him. And mostly... We have to be taught, y'all. That's why God sends people to teach you. But I don't want nobody teaching me something they're not doing. I want their life to show by what they teach. Do not even be up under me if I'm living contrary to the word. And I wouldn't dare try to tell you something that I'm not doing myself. I'm not ashamed of my game. When I tell y'all, me and my husband have tit for tat sometimes. Yes, we do. But we get it right. David was a man after God's own heart. But David messed up with Bathsheba. But when Nathan came to David and began to tell him that parable, David said, that man should be killed. He said, you the man. David said, I have sinned against God. 1 Samuel, the 11th chapter, and 1 Samuel, I think, was it 1st or 2nd Samuel? Um, The 11th and 12th chapter. David began to spill over and tell, 
I sinned against God. That's how Psalms 51 came. Because of David's sin with Bathsheba. He admitted the sin, but guess what? That's why his heart was after God, because he did wrong, but his heart got set right back where it needed to be for God. That's how we're supposed to be. Don't y'all know all of us in this room fall short on a daily? I even fall short, but because my heart is where it is for God. God, that wasn't right. Shouldn't have said it. Shouldn't have done it. I apologize, honey. Or I may apologize to you. No, that wasn't right, Brother Willie. Brother Willie, bring it out of me. I'm just playing with Brother Willie. But that's what we do. We apologize. When you're so arrogant and full of you, I ain't saying nothing to Brother Willie. He deserved it. That's not godly. When your heart is right with God, you will turn back to him. That's repentance. Repentance will turn you back to God, away from sin and back to God. I bind right now that spirit of pride and I lose humility. I don't care what kind of title you got. That does not give you the right to say, forgive me. I don't care how high you get up. You need to be brought down when you treat people wrong and say that was wrong. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have done it. But you put, let me give y'all an example. Holy Spirit must want me to tell you this. One man told my daddy, to mom, I love listening to your daughter because she tell everything on herself. So I know if she tell on herself, she helping me. Me and my husband, I'm helping married couples. We were sitting down and my husband was explaining something to me. And it was like he was accusing me of something. And I know I ain't did that. But my husband just kept talking, kept talking, kept talking. And my voice was right here, a little bit. He kept talking. He kept talking. He said, don't holler at me. I said, you make me holler at you. Because you ain't listening. Don't be hollering at me. So finally, finally, I said, let me tell you why I holler at you. Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. Because you ain't hearing a thing I'm saying. So sometimes you got to pipe it up. As soon as I said that thing, the Holy Ghost be at me, y'all. I told my husband, did I not tell you to forgive me? I said, forgive me. Because it don't matter if you hear me or not. I shouldn't come at you that way. See, when something happened to you through the years and you're trying to get somebody's attention and they still act like they don't hear, you put up a wall. And you feel like if I don't get louder, they ain't going to hear what I got to say. So I'm going to pipe it up. I don't care how loud you get, God ain't there. So I had to apologize to him and the Lord helped me to recognize no matter that's not how you come at your husband. See, I got a heart for God. I got a heart for God. Because I can't leave things the way they are. I don't care how bad people do me and my husband know my story. He know how people have treated me. He know how people have come off on me. Christians. 
But I will come back in a loving but strong way. In love. And I will not hate them. I love them the more. Why? Because God has changed my behavior through his word. Am I saying this just to be saying this? No, I got two witnesses, Apostle and Sister Denise, in a restaurant. They knew how I was treated. I sat there just as calm and cool and collective. Pastor, my show did. Pastor and Sister Denise say, you know how alma bears do people with you? Pastor, you want me to hand that? I said, no, no, no. Sister Denise said, no. I said, no, 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 no. I got even nicer. Next time we showed up, she apologized. I was wrong for how I treated you. See, y'all, sometimes you don't answer a fool according to his folly because you become a fool like them. I ain't nobody fool, not unless I want to (laughs) be. So I pray that you got something out of this learned behavior. And we're going to go a little bit further as the Lord allows because we got a lot of learned behavior in the body of Christ. And the only way we can get through it is through the word. Warning, beware. Being that this word was taught today, it's on and popping. The enemy is going to try you. He's going to try you right there in your house. He's going to try you, y'all. So get in the word and let the word get into you. Beware. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Do we have any visitors today that would like to stand? Any? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.